Hello and welcome. My name is Rima and I started this podcast for two reasons. One was simply because I wanted something that encouraged me to sit down over coffee or tea or whatever and have a conversation. Although I'm aware of what's happening in everyone's life thanks to social media, it can be months and sometimes years before I actually reconnect with certain individuals. So this was a way for me to enforce that commitment to myself personally. And the second reason I started this project, which is what I'm calling it, is because everyone I know has something valuable to say based on their career or lifestyle or where they're at in life right now. And I thought, why not share that? So this is about reconnecting with friends, meeting some new ones perhaps, and sharing some insight along the way. Due to the COVID-19 pandemic, this podcast will be done remotely for the time being. I do look forward to the day where I'm able to meet with friends in person once again. Thank you for joining. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. I'm very excited to have my friend Rania Shugi on today. Rania and I have known each other since we were kids. We lived in Kenya together for a short period of time, and our parents are friends as well. Um, We reconnected here in Canada after years of not seeing each other, which was so great. And I'm so happy to have her on the podcast today. Welcome, Rania. Thank you. It's great to be here. So just to give you all a bit of a a career background, Rania is currently Vice President of Risk Intelligence at the YMCA GTA here in Toronto. Prior to that, Rania worked at CAMH, the Centre for Addiction and Mental Health, for over 20 years and played a key role in developing and implementing risk management strategies and emergency preparedness protocols. She's a mental health promoter, an animal lover, and a foodie. (laughs) Let me know if I missed anything, Rania. (laughs) No, I think you've got it all there. Yeah. So um, my first question is, can you describe what risk intelligence is to our listeners and what your role entails at the YMCA? Because I think a lot of people may not understand um, what exactly it is. Yeah, absolutely. So risk intelligence really looks at gathering information on any risks that could impact our operations or strategic goals and proactively looking at how we can mitigate those risks. So a lot of people think of the term enterprise risk management. That's one of the aspects of my role. Mm -hmm. And typically it looks at... um, what's happening globally, what's happening across a particular sector, and then also looking at a more macro level at the communities we serve and trying to assess what the risks might be that we'll see coming up over the next year, the next two years, whatever period of time um, the the process is looking at. And then Mm -hmm. using that information to plan proactively for anything that, uh, that could have a negative impact. And um, did you foresee your career heading in this direction originally? Like, did you always think this is what I'm going to be? I'm going to be in risk intelligence. No. (laughs) (laughs) No. Um, So my background is actually in psychology. And at one time I, I planned to be a psychologist. And that's actually what led me to CAMH or at the time it was the, the addiction research foundation. Mm-hmm. And that makes um, sense. Mm-hmm. yeah, and you know, it, it really happened very organically, uh, just sort of over the years working in the various roles that I did, I developed um, 
a broader appreciation for operational issues um, on the business side, on the clinical side. And then ultimately it was thanks to a brilliant boss and mentor mm-hmm. who suggested I, I take on a new role in risk and emergency preparedness. And that's, um, that's where I first developed an interest in the area. And um, I, I find it so appealing because it really allows you to see the the underbelly of an organization, all the mm-hmm. sensitive spots that you typically don't get to see or talk about. Right. You get to explore those areas and, and figure out how to uh, how to improve those aspects. So, hmm. yeah, interesting. Now, I mean, COVID nineteen must have impacted your role significantly over the last seven months. What has that experience been like for you it's it's been a really interesting experience so we started monitoring the situation globally at the beginning of january so that was before we even had a case in toronto and um it was clear at that point that this was spreading to different countries really quickly this was going to be different and bigger than you know any any typical pandemic that we we might have planned for. So, okay. Um, I I think the the early monitoring really helped kick off our planning early on. So when we had to act and put new protocols in place, we were we were doing so with a response team, with communication channels in place, mm-hmm. and with the supplies that we needed to comply with with public health guidance. So that was great on the work side. Mm-hmm. Personally, for me, um, it, it, it gave me the opportunity to work with YMCAs across Ontario and across Canada. So I was probably seven months into my role. Yes, at that I was point. just thinking that you weren't in the role for yeah, a year. Exactly, exactly. So um, it was a really great opportunity for me to make new connections that I probably wouldn't have had the opportunity to make at, at that point in my time with the, with the YMCA. Um, and also got to learn about what happens, you know, more broadly across Ontario wise and, and Canada mm-hmm. and wise across Canada. And, and then, I mean, for me, I have to say, and I am really grateful for this. It was an easy transition for me to Mm -hmm. start working from home. And I I recognize that's not the case for everyone. Um, Mm -hmm. But I've, I've really tried to use it as an opportunity to to build some more self care into my work day. So taking some activity breaks during the day when I've been sitting at my desk back to back on video calls. Yeah. 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 And I, I, I do think that it has been a positive impact in, in, in many ways for some people, um, for a lot of people. And of course it has been challenging for others as well, but overall I do feel that the pandemic has, um, has almost um, forced everyone to slow down a little bit um, Mm -hmm. in general. And there's been a little, a lot more self-care going on where possible I think yeah absolutely and I I think it's also made us focus on different things as well I mean you mentioned earlier on that 
myself as a foodie. I know some of my friends do as well. I'm mm-hmm. typically the, the go-to resource for, uh, for new restaurant recommendations. And right. um, that's actually one of the things I miss the most, you know, the whole mm-hmm. being in a restaurant and that anticipation of the food coming out and enjoying the decor and the environment and all of that. So uh, we've, we've also been really focused on trying to support local restaurants and making a point of getting takeout and delivery yes. from a, a bunch of different spots just to, just to help them because we know how, how difficult this time is for them. Yes, it is. Uh, that is so important right now. I agree. Uh, we've been trying to do the same here um, in Brampton as well. Um, I just want to go back for a second because you had mentioned just going back to um, how COVID-19 impacted you just on a, in terms of work. You had some plans already in place in almost in preparation as of January for COVID-19, whereas I, I, I know a lot of brands and a lot of companies, I mean, it, it, the, they were working reactively as opposed to proactively. Um, now, is that something that is, is due to just risk intelligence in general? Is that something that is, just play, is a part of what you do? I'm just wondering if, there's, if that's something that you could share or some steps that you could share with other companies that might be helpful for them, because I feel like something like this could happen again, or something different in a different way where they they could be a little bit more preparation. For sure. So there are a couple of aspects to that. So part of my role is emergency preparedness as well. So um, having a pandemic plan in place is, is part of your work in emergency preparedness. That said, I, I think for the most part, pandemic plans for most organizations couldn't have anticipated the, the scope of mm-hmm. what we're in right now, nor the duration of it. Um, right. I, I think, you know, from a, from a risk management perspective and thinking about some of the work that we do from an enterprise risk management lens, that that's really where you start to think about what what things might happen that could impact operations what mm-hmm. um what plans do i need to have in place there are some things that you can address on your own within the organization but there are other things that you may need external assistance from and and knowing what those areas are and having plans in place ahead of time really, really helps with that. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, people talk about enterprise risk management, and it sounds very daunting. um, But it, I would say it really doesn't have to be, you know, it can start with something as simple as capturing the answers to what is keeping you up at night. You know, if you, if you have that discussion with your leadership team, um, if you're a larger organization or if you're a smaller organization, just think about it for, for yourself. What is keeping me up at night? And then think about five priority areas that you want to focus on and develop plans for those areas. So okay. that, I mean, that can help you have a more proactive approach to 
emerging risks and you know mm -hmm. what's happening at a community level at a provincial level at a global level and that can give you um a bit of a heads up in terms of what you what you may need to plan for mm -hmm. but the other thing i would say as well just emergency preparedness is a is a whole aspect in and of itself that people need to have in place and it typically doesn't get a lot of attention until mm -hmm. something bad happens right like right right yeah so um those emergency preparedness plans take <laughs> take the time to put mm -hmm. them in place and uh and practice like practice with um emergency plans is one of the most important things because it really helps you understand where the gaps in a plan might be and mm -hmm. um in the middle of a crisis we we do what we've practiced so if right. we haven't practiced something we're not going to be able to respond the mm -hmm. way that we think we are even if it's written down on paper yeah i mean even just thinking about schools when they practice fire alarms right exactly um, they practice those so that when the time comes everybody knows where they're supposed to go exactly and even if you think about it for your home as well you know there mm -hmm. are things that we put in place um to you know be prepared at home you know, think about checking smoke detectors, yep. having a fire, a fire extinguisher at home, um, even just making sure children know how to connect with 911 in an emergency. Any mm -hmm. of those elements in place ahead of time can make a huge difference when something does happen. Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's so interesting because um, I was going to say, and you, and you mentioned it, that a lot of organizations probably do not focus on that emergency preparedness aspect of their business. <laughs> Uh, enough and they mm -hmm. um so i i mean i don't know you, you've probably answered this a little bit but if you were to recommend some key areas of risk intelligence apart from the emergency preparedness side of things just um other areas and organizations in terms of risk management where companies should f definitely focus on what would they be so yeah i would say there are the Three key areas um, are enterprise risk management, which you know we've we've talked about a little bit. The emergency mm -hmm. preparedness, which we've also talked about a little bit. The yeah. the third piece I would suggest is business continuity, and it's a little bit different from the emergency preparedness side or the enterprise risk management side because this really focuses on what you need to have in place to help your business continue once you've dealt with that initial crisis. So um, imagine if you're dealing with a flood, you know, your emergency preparedness plan will help you deal with those first few hours and, you know, will provide some guidance around what needs to be put in place to respond to the incident itself. But mm -hmm. then once that's addressed, you need to start thinking about how to get the business back into regular operations. And so that's where the business continuity piece comes in. What okay. other elements do you need to have in place? Uh, how quickly do you set that up? Do you have the resources that you need on hand? Do you need to get them elsewhere and have them lined up? So thinking about that ahead of time can also be really helpful in terms of post 
major incident. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a, that's a good point. So you've been working in risk management you know, for many years now. Do you find your work strategies tend to translate to your personal life in any way? Uh, yes. <laughs> yes, they do. Um, so, I mean, between the healthcare background and the risk lens, uh, yeah. just as an example, we've, we've always been very diligent about hand washing and sanitizing mm-hmm. things. And so um, obviously there's even more attention to that uh, through the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, but even beyond that, I, I have to say I'm, I'm one of those people that takes a look at where the emergency exits are in new spaces, um, you know, just yep. to make sure I have yep. a clear sense of where I need to go if something happens. Um, my cell phone is always charged. I make a point of being aware of my surroundings and anything unusual that I need to pay attention to. And mm-hmm. and that's, it's not just for my own safety and well-being. I mean, sometimes when we have that awareness, we, we're also aware of something that could be happening to someone else. And mm-hmm. we're also able to help them out a little quicker than, you know, if right. we, if we yeah. were paying attention. Yeah, no, for sure. Do you find that even with um, just just regular personal projects, you've sort of mapped out the steps beforehand I'm just I just feel like I need to hire you Rania, for something <laughs> um, I can I, I make a lot of backups um, yeah, yeah I was just thinking that yeah so if it's, this is not available at this store then I will get it exactly where else can I go to get yeah. this thing um, you know it's funny I used to joke with um, with some of my friends that I I think of the worst case scenario and I try to prepare for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and typically when I find that when I've done that, um, I feel better prepared and typically that worst case scenario doesn't come to pass. So it's, mm-hmm. it's a little bit of a protective <laughs> yeah. way yeah. of doing things in a sense. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's great. <laughs> Um, So switching gears a little bit, uh, you know, you work at the YMCA GTA Toronto. Um, Are there any key initiatives you wanted to highlight that are currently running right now during the pandemic? I know things have been changing constantly, but is there anything you wanted to talk about um, that individuals can tap into now? Absolutely. Um, You know, the the YMCA GTA has launched a number of different initiatives supporting different groups during the pandemic. Uh, One of the one of the initiatives that comes to mind was um, was it's called the Bright Spot and it's for older adults. And it's a great online resource for older adults with free activities like exercise classes, uh, trivia nights, bingo games. Uh, It's just a fun way for people to connect through different activities online. Mm -hmm. And we developed that a few months ago, recognizing how much more difficult it was for, for seniors to Uh, get outside and have Mm -hmm. those connections because they're part of a a higher risk category. So that's one piece that, um, that I encourage folks to check out. The, Mm -hmm. the other pieces, we have a variety of Facebook live activities and uh, they're free. They're for the whole family. 
they range from exercise classes to children's activities, crafts, and uh, even story time. Mm. Uh, So that's, that's a lot of fun as well. And what I would suggest is the best place to see what's going on is actually on the YMCA GTA website. And that is, it's YMCA GTA, all one word, dot Mm -hmm. O-R-G, org. So YMCA GTA dot org. And you will find links to the bright spot, the Facebook live videos and, and lots more. And we're always updating new offerings. So be sure to, to check the links often as well, because new things are added all the time. Yeah, no, that's great. I, I, I had no idea about those initiatives, even as, as someone, you know, who has kids, just listening to what you were saying about the Facebook live um, programs sounds so great I'll, I'll definitely be checking those out and I, I love what you're doing for for seniors the the online bingo I feel like I want to join the online bingo. <laughs> I know I know <laughs> there, were, there were a few fun. things that I thought would be so much fun exactly yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so you've spent two decades working with organizations that advocate for mental health and communities overall how would you say that has shaped you as a person So I would say that mental health as a whole has uh, a really special place in in my heart. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, through my education, through my work, I've seen the impact of mental illness on not just individuals, but also their families as well. And Mm -hmm. how much worse it is when people don't feel they can talk about it. And I know you know, we've come a long way in terms of destigmatizing mental illness over the past 20 years even, but there's still Mm -hmm. such a long way to go. And Mm -hmm. there's still so much, um, so much stigma across different communities and cultures as well. And, And that, it doesn't only make it difficult for people to talk about it, but also difficult for people to get the support that they need as well mm-hmm. and, and I know yeah. you know even just over the last few days and I think there was even an article just before um, we started chatting about additional supports for mental health and um, a number of announcements that have come out over over the past few days and it's great to see that yeah. But this is also an area that was so under-resourced with, um, with such significant demand even prior to the pandemic. And we've, I'm sure we've all been hearing over the past few months how, how much additional demand for mental health supports will likely be needed at the pandemic. And, and we don't even yes. have a, a sense of the extent of that impact yet. So... Yeah. 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 And I think I think the other big thing is just um creating safe spaces for people to talk about mental illness, you know, mm-hmm. just having a listening ear and helping people feel safe talking about the struggles that they may be having with mental health can make a huge difference in mm-hmm. in someone's life. No, for yeah. sure. And I, I mean, I know I, I, I've been thinking quite a lot about just 
you know, the season that we're in, we're about to hit the winter time and, you know, January, February is, tends to be a tough time in general with mental health um, and just with the pandemic. Uh, it is, it is concerning for sure. And I, I do hope that there are more initiatives that are going to be put in place just to, to make sure everyone is aware of where they can go for help or to talk. And um, it's just so important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Rima, I think we, we all have um, a role to play in that as well, even just in terms of creating that space for our friends and, and loved ones and the people that we know and helping to take that stigma away and help others talk about it can, can be a huge step in helping people get the help that they need as well. So it's, it's definitely something that we each can play a role with. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. So are there any statistics within your industry now that you think individuals would find surprising or, or interesting in general? That, so that are, but before I get into that, let me ask you, what, what do you typically think of when you think of the YMCA? Okay, so now I know the YMCA has Facebook Live programs and things like that <laughs> that I did not, did not realize. I, I will be honest. Um, the YMCA, to me, I think about, you know, it being more of a, a gym environment, um, you know, extracurricular place for extracurricular activities for, for children. And, and um, yeah, that's kind of, you know, where you could go to go swimming, very, very much that type of idea. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and you're I'm sure it's absolutely- much, I'm sure it's much more than that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're absolutely right with that. Um, and, and yes, a lot of people do think of the, you know, the health and fitness centers, the gym and swim. And like you said, we, we do do a lot more than that. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that we're actually a charity and we've been around helping communities for over 165 years now, which is mm. pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, and particularly for the GTA, we have over 450 locations across the GTA. And um, about 290 of those are actually licensed childcare programs. And uh, we're actually the largest not-for-profit childcare provider in Canada, which I think oh. some people don't realize either. Yeah, I did not know uh, that myself. Not at all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And I mean, I can't believe how many locations you have in the GTA. I, I didn't realize that either. I know. I know. It's, um, it's definitely, you know, we think of the YMCA and we have such brand familiarity in terms of people knowing the YMCA, but um, by the same token, maybe not knowing um, a lot of the details of, of what we do. Uh, so the other piece you may not be aware of is that we have um, camping and outdoor education programs. We have a couple of campsites, uh, Cedar Glen and Pinecrest, as mm. well as a number of summer camps across the uh, GTA, across various locations. 
Mm -hmm. um, we also have a couple of youth shelters and uh, programs for youth, including youth leadership and other educational programs. Uh, and we also offer employment and newcomer services for people settling into Canada and, and wanting to learn more about Canadian culture or needing help with employment or the languages. Oh, so that's, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. I, I, I didn't know that. So you support, um, individuals who are, who are looking to just to, to get into that Canadian experience. Exactly. Hmm. That's that's great. And so is all of this information available just from the website? It is. Okay. It is. So yeah, if you if you go to the ymcagta.org site, you'll find even more details about the various services and programs across the GTA. Okay. No, that's that's interesting. So good to know everybody ymcagta.org. I will be checking that out myself. Um, is there anything else you wanted to add as we wrap up the podcast, just in terms of just risk intelligence or just anything at all? No, I, I think we've, uh, we've pretty much touched on everything I can think of <laughs> related yep. to those areas. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Rania, um, for joining me on the podcast. And thank you everyone for listening. And just a friendly reminder uh, to everyone who is listening to please do subscribe to Tattern Laughs as it is um, really it, uh, helpful and does make a difference. Um, and that's it for today. Great. Thanks for having me, Rima. You're welcome. <laughs>